0: What's up, fine folks, and welcome to episode 44 of Double Tapped. I'm Jay. I'm Tanner. Tanner. Yeah. Today, so well, I guess to sort of preface, yesterday we had a nice, what I would call friendly reunion instead of a family reunion. Yeah. Uh, One of our good friends, Andrew, who you can probably argue is the reason we're here right now. That's true, yeah. Both as friends and because... The original, the origins of your streaming sort of started with him. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah.
1: And the three of us played video games together. Oh, yeah. kind of how we lots. all became much tighter friends.
0: Uh, but we partook in a lot of beverages over the course of an afternoon of shitty football. Yeah. Uh, so today we have an ale of another sort the fruit <laughs> nice. of our people, ale Eight. Yeah. Now we've established that we're Kentucky boys. We are. This is arguably the most iconic Kentucky let me I gotta think about this how I non-alcoholic praise. drink well I was gonna say like beside not like a dish but in terms of like a prepackaged food item oh sure yeah 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 it is probably our most iconic contribution yes. uh, to that realm
1: so to describe LA yeah uh it is well they describe it as the crisp <laughs> sorry crisp <laughs> listen I haven't spoken to anyone today mm-hmm. crisp clean ginger. A hint of citrus for bracing pep.
0: Which I don't know what that means. It does it is kind of a bracing flavor.
1: Uh it is it's like ginger ale, but gingerier, I guess, or yeah, it's, stronger?
0: It's, it's less just sweet and more, yes, oh. ginger flavor. And it does have that sort of if you've this is another, I don't know where the hell this one originates, but if you've ever had a ski, yeah, yeah. It kind of has a very Hint of ski, uh, amidst a very. Sorry if you're not American and you're listening to this. Yeah. Uh, if you're Jamaican, it kind of has a ginger beer flavor, but sweeter. Yeah, it's with like if, with some citrus. It's
1: like if someone had never had ginger ale before, tasted ginger beer and was like, "I want to take this and make a soda out of it." Yes, but it's exactly. not like it's not like ginger ale uh, it, in a few different ways. But how? When was the last time you had an L.A.? Because I haven't had one in a long time.
0: It hasn't been that long. Uh, there was like 6 of them in a fridge at work like mm. when I like a few months ago so I just had one like yeah. every other day for like a week but I hadn't had one before that probably in like a year I mean Yeah so
1: it used to be back when I drank a lot more bourbon uh-huh. and a lot less just beer Uh I used to be my favorite mixer but I haven't oh, yeah. had I haven't had an ale in my fridge in probably Three or four years now? I don't remember the last time I had one.
0: Well, that's another... It's a nostalgic taste. <laughs> for a purely Kentucky concoction, Alate and bourbon is oh. about as Kentuckian as it gets. It is, and it's so good. It is good. They're meant to go together. Tanner. Yeah? It's been a little while. It has. Uh, you've had some busyness going on. Yes,
1: I changed jobs completely. Yeah. Uh, so that has been one of the reasons we haven't potted. Uh, we've also both just been busy. It's it, This happens every year uh, with the pod, especially, is that... We are starting to get into the depths of holiday stuff. Yeah, there's just so, random shit going on. Yeah, so one of us will be busy on a weekend a lot. Uh, hopefully it won't be as sporadic as it, as it has been because yeah. we took, I think, three weeks off I maybe. Think so. Um, so. But, yeah, it, there's just been a lot of moving pieces. Yeah,
0: but episode 50 coming down the pipeline. Inevitably, whenever it's, we get there. Y- yes. Uh, but what have you been playing in our little brief leave of absence? Well, so,
1: uh, not to get too much inside baseball here that's sort of what we're going to get into later we're going to talk about the stuff we've been playing at depth but uh i have i i don't know that i i don't remember if i said that i'd finished roller drone okay last episode but i have um i still think the world of it i thought was really fun got pretty challenging toward the end and Mm -hmm. not in a bad way i enjoyed the sort of difficulty ramp um there that being said there is a like a new game plus mode Where everything gets much harder. Sure. And that I tried and I was yeah. like, okay, if I want more Rollerdrome, I'll come back. But it felt like a good length as is. Yeah. I'm not one to really stick around with new game plus stuff for like, here's all the extra content you can do. I'm like, all right, I beat the game. I'm good. <laughs> um so I've moved on from Rollerdrome and into Rogue Legacy 2, mm-hmm. uh, which is a game we're gonna talk about a lot later from my end. Uh so I'll just keep it that <clears throat> I, I think I had mentioned starting it a few pods back, but uh, I have completely finished it uh, in the time that we've been gone. I've put forty hours into it. I uh, it's it was just it's a great podcast game, so it was easy to just churn hours on. I need it
0: somewhere. Uh, I want to play it. Yeah, it's on
1: Switch now. It just yeah. got announced for Switch. Uh, but it's 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 really really good. And then uh, I also have started, and we can talk about this a little bit right now because I I don't feel strong enough. I mean, I guess I have impressions, but okay. uh, Cult of the Lamb. Oh, I've played maybe five or six hours of it uh it's it's not a it's not a long game either i think it's like 20 hours maybe i feel like i might be going through it a little bit faster than that because the combat is very similar to something like hades or binding of isaac sort of that top-down roguelite you know hack and slash kind of thing so it's it's and because i've been playing rogue legacy 2 just a lot there's a lot of crossover and it's just kind of
0: clicked pretty quick yeah been
1: easy to go right into um but, yeah, if we, if we want to save that for
0: impressions, we totally can, because that will give me two as well. I would like that, honestly, because I am okay. kind of low-key interested in that game. All right, but uh, the,
1: that's that's what I've been playing mostly.
0: Well, I pretty much have been playing AAA, AAA, AAA. Mm. Uh, I played some more PGA, which I discussed uh, last time. That was one of my big fall time-killing games. Yeah, uh, So I've just been messing around with that. I wiped the floor with these computers, so I might have to turn the difficulty up a smidge. But yeah. that three-button-click swing system m- makes it borderline too easy. Oh, okay. So, interesting. But the competition is you can set it and dial it in well where it is pretty fair. Sure. Uh, but really though, I've played quite a bit of Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, yeah, uh, which is released uh, since we have last spoken on this podcast. Uh beat the campaign, have put, I think I'm level 20, like low 20s. Oh, wow, uh, okay. in multiplayer and it's back to a 55 tier system, so it takes a little bit of time to level up. So I would say I've put about campaign was probably 10 hours, okay, and then maybe an extra five or six in you know multiplayer, yeah, so 15 plus, a good chunk of time. Uh, we'll discuss it more in depth later because I'll be more than confident enough to give an actual review score for that, okay, cool. Uh, and then I have played at this point between five and six hours of God of War Ragnarok and. We will discuss in a very veiled sense yes. uh, later on, but I at least want to give my impressions uh, of that. Yeah, so. because I've I've downloaded it uh, the day we're recording
1: this. I'm gonna start it on stream tonight, mm-hmm. so I will have more thoughts about it next time. I'm sure, but it's it's a game I definitely want to stream. So yeah. I, I've I've kind of been rearranging some time just to be able to put time into it. Yeah,
0: and I like I hope to have it have beaten it. By the next time that we podcast, I don't know. Because I don't know exactly how long it is. I assume it's maybe a little longer than the first one. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I don't intend to do all the side stuff by the time we speak next, but I might do all the side stuff eventually. Uh, But if it's a 30-hour story, maybe I won't have time, but we'll see. Yeah. But on to the news, of which there actually hasn't been a ton. Okay. But there is some stuff uh, to catch us up on, and one of the big things was that they nuclear bomb of Silent Hill news went off on that one day. (laughs) That's right, um, yeah. I forgot about that. Of which I have three separate sort of entries here uh, for us to go through. First off, arguably the biggest, Silent Hill 2 is being remade from the ground up for PC and PS5, so it is a PS5 console exclusive Hmm. uh, by a dev group called Bloober Team.
1: (laughs) Okay, so I know who Bloober is. I'm not
0: familiar with Bloober. So this
1: is a good team. Uh, Bloober... Did Layers of Fear and Layers of Fear Two? Okay. Uh, I I like both of those games. I never really finished Layers of Fear Two, but I played through all of Layers of Fear One, and I'm probably like halfway into Layers of Fear Two. Yeah. They are they are my kind of horror game, which is not the kind that's frustrating. That some people might complain that they're like a little on y but mm. uh, I don't know. I felt like it was enough. It wasn't like a just you're in a cart, you know, sure. rolling down the 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 track kind of thing, but um. I, I really enjoy those two games, and I, I'm glad that it's a like a bona fide horror team doing sure. it, and not you know just some smaller studio that's been created just for this. Uh, yeah. so that's good for them. That's, Did a, you that's ever a
0: good kit. Play Silent Hill two
1: or anything back in the day? N- I've never touched a Silent Hill game. Okay. Uh, all I know about Silent Hill is that they are weird <laughs> and like like the stranger cousin of Resident Evil.
0: I was gonna say it feels more viscerally horror to me. Silent yeah. Hill does than Resident Evil. Resident Evil is always the you know survival. You know, action, horror. Sure. Whereas Silent Hill seems more like psychological and more pure, terrifying. Um, My understanding is that Silent Hill 2, and it probably is why they're doing this, is probably the most well received game in the series. Yeah,
1: that's the one that you always hear people talk about, right? So
0: that is obviously why it's cropping up again here. Right. Uh, So excited for, I'm kind of excited just to see it. Yeah. Maybe not to play it, but excited for those who are excited for it. Yeah. Next up, Silent Hill F was announced. This is the one that was developed or is being developed by a team called Neo Bards and is the one set in 1960s Japan. This looks awesome. And this does look really cool. The setting is really dope.
1: It reminded me of uh well the, the it really reminded me of the movie in the Mood for Love, which mm. is set in 1960s China. Um so not exactly the same setting, but there's a lot of the same similar like fashion looks and just like the overall like aesthetic of what they're going for and the way the cityscape looks and in the Mood for Love is a gorgeous movie i would yeah. not be surprised if it's used for like mood boarding at least so like inspiration uh for how they're gonna lay this out so i'm i'm very excited for if i were gonna maybe i'll try silent hill 2 i don't know if i jump i don't know if it's a game you kind of jump in with i'm not sure. sure i don't know exactly i don't know how connected they all are or if they're not i don't know how that works not but me neither. um like silent hill f seems very up my alley and is the one that i'm definitely the most intrigued about
0: well what my here's my curiosity is My assumption, at least with the mainline Silent Hill, and you described Silent Hill, I think, very accurately in the way of, it is Horror Narnia. (laughs) So it's like, regardless of sort of what the characters that are in the game are, my assumption is that somehow they stumble into Horror Narnia in each of the games. My curiosity is if Silent Hill F, which looks so different, is maybe an origin story for where the hell did Silent Hill even come from? Although Mm -hmm. maybe that's already been explored, I don't know. Uh, Or like, you know, what... Why F? Like, what is this game? Yeah. And is it even going to be the style of game? Like, maybe it's more... I could see it being less action-y. Because mm. it's not like these games I know have... There's some action. I mean, they're those old-school, tanky kind yeah. of you know, shooters. You
1: stand in a corner, you turn, yeah. you take a shot, and the thing dies. So this
0: is more... If this is more of a exploration kind of game, I could maybe see, uh, because of how much they're leaning into the environment, that could be pretty cool. Yeah, that could be dope. Uh, so I'm interested, at the very least. Me too. And lastly... Silent Hill Townfall is a new game from Annapurna Interactive. Okay. Uh, And there's... Oh, and I tacked this on there at the end because these maybe seem like the two lesser announcements because they're not like full-scale video games uh, in the way that the other two are. Mm -hmm. Uh, J.J. Abrams' Bad Robot is also developing a Return to Silent Hill movie. Right. Uh, Why did all of this happen all at once, I I guess, is my question. Here,
1: my theory is that they've been brewing on all these projects for a while and are probably... Getting close enough with one of the four that yeah. they're like, we need to announce, and then throughout talking about how to announce that they're like, what if we just shotgun blast it,
0: yeah, and say everything, yeah, just start the rollout of all of these things, yeah,
1: and I mean it's it's not a bad idea. I don't I don't hate that idea at all. It's it's similar to how Pokemon does yeah, their announcements yeah, exactly, where it's like we have the one big announcement. In this case, they had two, but then it's like, okay, here's what's coming to Pokemon Go, or here's a Pokemon toothbrush, or whatever that thing was called, like Pokemon sleep. Like they do. They do that kind of thing, so I don't know if that's just, like, a like i ideological thing, because, yeah. you know, Konami and Nintendo are both Japanese companies. I don't know exactly what it is, but, yeah, it seems to be a, a similar approach to that.
0: It's just so funny that, I mean, no game series, maybe over the last decade, has had more mystique about will it ever return than <laughs> yeah. Silent Hill. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, they're like, oh, no, not only is it returning, but it's returning in, like, four or five it's different ways. Yeah. Um. So... If you've been one of those people that's been anxiously awaiting, then you you probably had a hell of a day on whatever day all this is, was announced. Yeah. Uh, so, moving on from Silent Hill, one story that did crop up over the last couple of weeks. The Witcher 1, the original, is getting a full remake in Unreal Engine 5. So many games getting remade these days. Yes. And what do you know about The Witcher One?
1: Uh, so I've, I think I've played like three hours of The Witcher really? One at some point. Yeah, because I remember when Witcher Three came out. Funny enough, our buddy Corey, oh yeah, who we saw for the first time. I haven't seen him in person in a long time. Yeah. Uh, but he was there last night, and I re- he liked The Witcher Two. Mm. I remember he was really into The Witcher Two, and he was like, "Oh, you got to try the series out. It's great." So I've played like the tiniest bit of the Witcher one. I also watched one of my buddies play some of the Witcher one. Um, it's, it's much more scaled back and it's much simpler, Mm. uh, which, you know, could be a good or bad thing, but I'm really curious sort of why they're doing this. I feel like, I guess the the case to be made is that the Witcher three was such a success that you want a, you want as much IP coming out with that as possible, especially with the, the show as well. Uh, But also, maybe there have been enough people clamoring. I love the third game, but I'm on console. I have no way to play the first two, because I think the first two might be PC exclusive. Um, So, you know, I think there's a decent reason for it, but it's one of those things I'm really curious how well it'll sell. Me too.
0: And I agree that it's obviously the furor around the third game was just so big. Uh, I don't really have any particular interest in it. I mean, no. it'll probably be reviewed just as, maybe not just as well as a third game, which, you know, got Game of the Decade chatter from yeah. people who are not us. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right. But good for them, I guess, because I am, <clears throat> I mean, the third game was so objectively good in a lot of ways mm. that I do want the series to sort of continue on. And like you said a couple of weeks ago, I think be the, even if it's just the catalyst for Bethesda to sort of yeah. need to step up or step aside. Yeah. It's uh, good for them to have competition. Yeah. So good for the Witcher fans out there. Yeah. Speaking of CD Projekt Red, they also confirmed in an investors' meeting that, and this maybe is not a shock, Cyberpunk 2077 would indeed be getting, I listed as a sequel. It's a sequel in terms of another Cyberpunk game. Will it be a direct sequel? Mm. Will it be a different Cyberpunk story? We don't really know. But there will be another full fledged Cyberpunk game, uh, at least as it is being discussed internally right now. Right.
1: So I so I have two thoughts about this. Okay. One, how do you feel about news like this coming out via investor meeting? I think it's lame. <laughs> it, I mean, it's
0: lame. It's such a letdown. It, I agree. And I guess you can never 100% confirm that any of these games are ever going to happen. Sure. Things change. Yeah. Uh, but you also are maybe never going to catch companies that they're at a more honest moment than in an investor's That's meeting. true. That's a good point. Uh, so if they have the intent to make this, then they made it very clear in that moment. Uh, my question is, is it going to be good? Because it seems like Cyberpunk is having a little bit of a resurgence yes. with the anime that just dropped on Netflix. Uh, there was sort of a revival of players going back to the game. I'll probably do that one of these I'll days. I'll try it at some point, yeah. When it's like $10, you know, yeah. again. Yeah. Uh, but... I it's just interesting that they're going ahead and with this and leaning into the series so much at this early stage when the Witcher is really kind of carrying them.
1: So here's here's my curiosity about all of it. So I want to know I wish there was some way for us to see the sort of are you familiar with the term like the Q rating? So like your Q rating or your this. Q score is yeah. basically like the public's opinion of yes. you. You hear I I hear a lot of like uh, sports media personalities will go on a podcast and be like, "Oh, my Q rating was low. That's why I yeah. switched shows or whatever." It's one of those weird. It's just a uh, like a public surveying kind of thing, yeah. but it's it's a way that people gauge like how popular you are and how yeah. well liked you are and all that kind of stuff. Um, it's the same thing they research for like presidential candidates. Mm-hmm. I would be really curious what the Q rating is for Cyberpunk right now. Yeah, because at one point it was in the floor. Right, sure. it was so low. But then, like you said, I think. That all of these companies, right, Netflix making the anime, um, it, it seems like there's been sort of a resurgence, too, in, like, cyberpunk merch and yeah. collectibles and all this stuff. My thought is that The Witcher was such a, such a success. CD Projekt Red probably partners with all these companies anyway. And they're yeah. like, hey, <laughs> our next game is going to be just as big. It's cyberpunk. And, they, you know, it had all the hype around it. So those companies signed on to these deals then, obviously before the game came out. And these deals are just now coming to fruition. Yeah. But that coincides with the team actually, you know, fixing a lot of the problems with Cyberpunk. And I, I have heard people who have played it more recently say it's pretty good, mm-hmm. which is a good sign. You know, we're always good. We're always here for better games. Uh, But I'm curious how much of a like face turn it's done. Yeah. Like if it's fully embraced now or if it's more of a sort of the only game I can think of that's similar is like No Man's Sky. Mm. Right. Where No Man's Sky came out. A lot of people were very disappointed with it. They toiled away, toiled, toiled away, toiled away, and then suddenly everyone liked it again yeah. because all these really good updates had come out and the word kind of spread. I wonder if we'll see something similar with Cyberpunk or if we're seeing that now already. Um, so, yeah, I hope the sequel's good. Maybe they've learned from all the mistakes of the first one. Hopefully they give it enough time, which was, the, I think, the catalyst for why it was so bad last time. Um, yeah, I, I have hopes for Cyberpunk because that setting's still really cool.
0: Yeah, and I think, I mean, obviously the public... Expectations of that game were just absolutely ir- irrational. Yeah, insurmountable. Uh, yeah, but it's sort of weird because it kind of feels like s- Cyberpunk is maybe the most expensive cult classic video game for me. <laughs> yeah, that's like, a good way to put it. It's it is so ingrained; everybody knows about it, and then the subset of people are like, "No, it was good." And right. Like, they stick to it, and they will be glued to it, and you know, they will be the ones that sort of make the series live on yeah. as long as it continues to do so. Uh, but it's not like. It's not like anyone out there can say, I don't know what cyberpunk is. Everybody knows about it. Yeah. And you either have the opinion of, like us, never really played it. Right. The few people that have played it, some of them absolutely love it. Sure. And the rest of them are just kind of the middling. Right. Uh, But, yeah, it's an interesting sort of liminal space for a game to exist in. That's
1: a good point, too, because we we are finding out more and more with IP in general that, like, just with all all the movies that get remade, right? And you're like, yeah. why are they remake, remaking that? Or all the video games that get remade or get a new sequel or whatever. It seems like, I don't know a ton about this, but it seems like there's like a lot of value just in having a known brand, mm-hmm. right? Like a known name. And at least Cyberpunk has that. Yeah. They are a known quantity of oh, people who uh, care about games. The
0: definition of, you know, any PR is good PR. Exactly, yeah. And it kind of has worked for them. Yeah, especially... It has- because they are committed, at least it seems, to continuing to work to improve the game. That's yeah. That's the thing. Uh, they didn't just abandon it. Yeah, and the the expectations will not be the way they were right. when the sequel comes out. Right. Everyone learned their lesson. It'll be tampered. Yeah. yeah. Next up, tampered. Sorry. Rumors abound that Horizon could be getting an MMO adaptation. <laughs> what? Have you seen this? No. No. I this is a very hot uh, rumor uh, right now. I think it just happened. Uh, as this week has gone through, you sing it from multiple outlets that saying horizon is potentially going to be converted into an MMO. (sighs) (laughs) That was a noise. I mean, I just, (laughs) I don't know that I want to say that their commitment to this series is too much, Mm. but it kind of feels that way. I wonder if I agree, you know,
1: you and I, I think we both have the same level of like, Horizon's all right. Yeah. Like, we liked the first one. I played, like, maybe 10 hours of the second one. I was like, all right, I'm going to move on to Elden Ring. I mean, um, Elden
0: Ring absolutely curb stomped it did. Uh, Horizon for me. but
1: Which might be a shame. But also, yeah. like, I don't know. Horizon is definitely one of those things that once you get it, you've you've understood it. And you're like, how many more hours of this do yeah. I want? Um, and something in its credit to all this MMO stuff there are aspects of Horizon that are very MMO already. Yeah. No, the, I could
0: there's part of the conversion that makes sense. The
1: amount of lore, um like all the proper nouns and all these factions and all that kind of stuff yeah. uh, which was a problem for me in, in the second game. Uh just the way the like NPC quests are set up, uh even just like you know, your normal uh, MMO just gonna go out and grind and kill a couple enemies thing that works really well with the enemies in this yeah. game they can regenerate or whatever like there's a lot of stuff built into the game already that would make sense for this my question is who's asking for it yep. I guess because I don't think you know the MMOs that we've seen be really successful World of Warcraft obviously that started out you know Warcraft was a known entity before Wo- before Wow was a thing mm-hmm. War- War- Warcraft was a strategy series. Warcraft 3 was an awesome game. Um, But, you know, it WoW became its own thing uh, pretty quickly and has just kind of been the dominant MMO. But, I guess the closest comparison would be like Final Fantasy Mm 14, which is maybe the most popular MMO, at least among my friends that play MMOs. I see more about it than any other MMO. Um, But, Final Fantasy is quite a bit bigger as an IP than Horizon is. Um, Granted, these are not... Uh, I don't think Horizon's going to convert to like a classic, you know, yeah. have 16 key binds kind of MMO. I think it's going to be more like Destiny. That's what I was going to bring up. Um which, you know, could work. I, I don't I don't think it's a terrible idea. I just again, I don't know I don't I think you're right in that Sony may overestimate the actual or maybe we underestimate. We they could know something we don't. But the actual interest in this world.
0: Yeah. Or I almost wonder I haven't looked into this in this sort of just had occurred to me, given the sort of pretty immediate, you know, surmounting in popularity that happened between Horizon, Forbidden West, to Elden Ring. Yeah, I wonder how Forbidden West sold. Yeah, I do too. And it makes me wonder if they almost want to convert this into a, you know, long term revenue situation, a living like if you can kind get a Horizon Destiny style MMO off the ground. And let it live for five, six years. You could probably recoup a lot more money than they, arguably, probably did uh, with Forbidden West. Like that seems yeah, like that makes a sense. reasonable business move on their part. Sure, but it does raise the question: Is how much people would actually get into that? And I think that we've made our stance pretty clear. That I mean, Horizon is about as boring of a, vi- how boring a video game about killing metal, you know, dinosaurs could be. Sure. So it's perfect for an MMO. (laughs) Like it is. Sorry. As boring as that style of game could be. The characters we've, you know, sort of had our criticisms of, but I guess that does bode well for a game like an MMO that's probably going to allow you to create your own character and choose your own faction and sort of create that story for yourself. Maybe it actually fits better in this form. Mm. I'm not overly sold at this point on the future of Aloy's, in her mainline series. Sure, yeah. Uh, I mean,
1: it's a, it, like, it's a good way to transition what they have already and not just make a third Horizon game. Because, you know, Horizon 2, I think, improved on a lot of what our nitpicks were for the first yeah. game. I just wasn't interested in it. And I don't know if that's just me or if that's... I don't know what that's indicative of. But yeah. th- that's just my own personal take on it. Um, I do... I do wonder if this is maybe them trying to because here's what i could see happening is that this comes out and then once a month you get your playstation plus premium add-on pack for uh-huh. horizon you know i wonder if they're looking for something like that in which case probably should just be destiny 3 or whatever yeah. bungie makes next cuz i don't i don't think it's destiny I think they've don't said, think so? I think they've said that, right? Haven't they said that there's like a new... Maybe I'm misremembering, but I feel, uh, like, I feel like Bungie said they're working on like a new IP.
0: That's possible. Um, I do think Destiny 3 will happen. I do too. maybe not yet. But
1: maybe, yeah, down the road. But, you know, you could do that with Destiny 2 already, I guess. But, you know, maybe they're looking for something from the ground up to give them... Give people a reason to stay subscribed longer than just, you know, the new game that came out or whatever game they're adding to the service. Maybe it's like, well, I get my... Because they do this in NBA 2K. This isn't unprecedented. Like... Every week or whatever, if you have Plus and you're playing NBA 2K, you get like your PlayStation Plus card pack. Yeah. Right? So maybe maybe they've seen some success with that and they're looking for ways to, like you said, make sort of a platform out of the IP they already own. I guess this is the best IP to make an MMO if they're looking to do that with existing IP. Yeah. Unless you do like a, which would be cool, I'm going to shout out, people are not going to expect me to shout out this MMO, but uh, City of Heroes which was a superhero oh, yeah, MMO yeah, and uh city of villains was like the, the up. Uh, it'd be cool to see like a Marvel, that style MMO. Like if an MMO that played like Spider-Man right. would be kind of nuts, but, uh, I guess you already have what's, the, well, there's DC universe online, yeah. right? There's there's I did not like DC universe. Online I didn't personally. either. That That's, that's like an old school MMO in a way that I didn't enjoy. But anyway, horizon is MMO, MMO makes sense. It's just a little weird. Yeah, I, <laughs> I agree. And I don't know that it's super focused as a thought.
0: Yeah. Just stick with pouring all of your resources into factions. Get that out first. Yes. And that could be your platform. Yeah. Trust
1: me. Hey, Gorilla, make Killzone again.
0: <laughs> all right. And last story here, i put a little bit of a review roundup. Uh, just because a lot of big releases have happened here in the last few weeks. And yeah. we'll discuss a couple of them uh, in depth with our opinions. God of War Ragnarok getting its expected acclaim, currently sitting at a Metacritic score of 94. God, that's high. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Isn't setting the world on fire critically. Okay. Uh it's a 78, so it's like meh. Yeah. But it's it, decent it's, for Call of Duty. That's, I feel like that's the it's Call of Duty review. Yeah. Uh Return to Monkey Island is apparently a return to form. 86. I've heard that critic. it's good. I uh, there's a buddy
1: of mine who's playing through they like grew up playing the the Monkey Island suit. Have you ever touched the Monkey Not Island at game? All. So they are do you know what they are at Super all? Super monkey ball? <laughs> that would be sick. <laughs> uh they're like a point and click adventure. Okay. Uh, they're very much from that era like a of grim fandango yes uh but it's it's definitely one of those things of like you have a piece of bubble gum and then you put a key in it and you blow a bubble and then it pops and then it drops over the cell it's one of those like very convoluted solution yeah. games uh but yeah i've i've heard nothing but a claim for the new one so that actually kind of intrigues me might have to look
0: into it yeah and Sonic Frontiers, better than it could have been <laughs> 72.
1: all right that's about I mean, what i expected to be honest
0: A lot of the reviews have been like, I love this game, even though it's not very good. Yes. Like, that's sort of the vibe. That's
1: what prompted the, uh, I think, Blessing, Adiaya Jr. tweeted, like, sometimes a game that's bad that you love is better than a game that's great. Yeah. And it's
0: like, yeah, that's fair. And I'm wondering how cheap it'll have to get for me to buy it, but I want to play (laughs) it really bad. (laughs) Yeah. All right. On to our big topic, which is really just reviews and impressions of the things that we have been playing extensively over the last few weeks. How would you like to start this? Well, you got a couple that you would like to discuss, we said. And then I've got two as well. Yeah, I've got God I'll, of War and Modern Warfare. So
1: I'll do... What's your shorter one? God of War, I guess?
0: Yes, because I kind of want to... F- I'll have to frame that conversation differently.
1: Sure. Uh, I will... I'll do Cult of the Lamb real quick. Okay. And then you do God of War, and then we'll get into our long t- okay. time consuming. So it's month. like
0: impressions and then reviews. Yes. Good deal. Uh,
1: okay, so uh, Cult of the Lamb. Um, I like it so far. Okay. I, I think it's pretty good. Uh, I wouldn't... It's not really... I guess I should explain what this game is uh, for people who don't Which know. Which is an
0: interesting conceit.
1: So the idea is basically you are a lamb. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, basic, you basically are like killed at the beginning of the game and then resurrected by this like eldritch god, who is like, I have resurrected you to be the leader of my cult. Okay. And so the 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 basic gameplay is that it's it's very similar to like Hades, where you know you you spawn and then you go through several rooms. And then you get to a boss, and and unlike other roguelites, and this is probably my biggest complaint with it so far, each run is kind of capped. So, uh, for example, the first area, the the forest, is what they call it. Uh, you go out on your um, it's not expedition. I forget what they call it. Conquest. I can't. I can't remember. It's everything is very touted in like uh cult and religious words, which yeah. is pretty fun. Um, <clears throat> but you go out into the forest and. Once you get to the boss, like you upgrade your weapons and you get little stat upgrades like any other roguelite throughout your run. Once you get to the boss, if you beat the boss, a little tick on a door fills and you can tell it's like one of four ticks. But then if you beat that boss, your run is over. Mm. It's not like you can just keep going with your build and build it better and whatever. So, you have to beat all four bosses and then you fight like one of the main bosses and then you unlock the next area. And there are four areas. That's similar to like Moonlighter, I guess. Um, But... So, that, that irks me a little bit that you can't just keep going. Yeah. Like, the, each run is like 10 minutes pretty much if you live or die, which is g- good in some ways. The coolest part about Cult of the Lamb is the sort of, I guess, metagame yeah. stuff, which is you have your own cult of followers. Uh, your followers are all these little cute animals, which is funny because so much of the phrasing of the game is very, like, dark humorish. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, they talk about having sacrifices and all of the, you know, very cult words. Yeah. Um, but there's also Twitch integration, so I've been streaming it, and once you get a new follower, you can put it to chat and be like, you all can win a raffle to be part of my like cult. who it is. Yeah, so then the, cool. those people, if they get selected, they choose like what their little animal looks like and their names over them, and then they are part of your cult. I have like 10 or 12 members of my cult right now, I think, and so part of it is more like um, – I guess like don't starve. If you're having like a chill farm management mm-hmm. situation in Don't Starve, <clears throat> where you're like building buildings and cleaning up your area and having all these people either pray or go, uh, you know, clean up, uh, go get gather stone and rock and all that. Um, you're ho- you're holding sermons in your church basically, and you know you can sacrifice people, you can uh, hold all these rituals. It's it's pretty deep. However. It doesn't seem like it's going to, because the game is relatively short for this kind of game, you know, 20-something hours, I don't know that it's going to get as deep or if I'm going to get as powerful as I would want in a game like this. Like, it seems like it's a really cute idea and the gameplay is fun enough and I really like the metagame stuff. But I'm curious if it's going to get to a point like with Rogue Legacy, where we'll talk later, or Hades even, where it just keeps scaling and scaling and scaling. It seems like it's got a pretty defined cutoff point yeah um which is okay i guess it's just a different approach uh the music is great (laughs) that is one thing i can i can say pretty uh emphatically the the music is like weirdly like hip-hop beat for a cult but it's like like all these you know uh chant kind of things so it's pretty good the the visuals are are really amazing they're all hand-drawn it looks a lot like don't starve yeah um but i i would recommend it so far okay
0: Actually, is a little softer. I was hoping it would be better, mm-hmm. but in the sense that, if the gameplay, which is you know the metagame is fun in mm-hmm. concept, but the gameplay, given my you know recent you know conversion to liking roguelites, lights, yeah. that's not the selling point. That I don't know if it's quite going to do it for me. It's
1: all right. It's it's very just you know hack slash dodge yeah. top down type bullet a little bullet hellish, I guess. Um, that's when it's the most fun, but. Yeah, it's pretty straightforward. Well,
0: considering that I still need to, one of these days, get back to Hades, I would do that first, I guess. Yeah, that's the right move. All right. So, for God of War. Yeah. While I care, of course, about the sensibilities of our viewers, Mm -hmm. mostly, because I know you, I care about what you (laughs) care to know. Right. So, uh, I almost would rather you Whatever you are comfortable knowing or just and I'll phrase things vaguely. Sure. You can ask me whatever questions you feel like at this stage of the game. Obviously I'm not that deep into it. Sure. But you know, there is still I know more than you would care to know going in.
1: Right. I I don't think I want to know any story beats. Sure. I think that's the only thing that I'm like sensitive about. I like you can talk about gameplay as much as you want. Um, or even just like the overall structure of it, how that's different or anything. So go for that. I just
0: I don't want to know story beats. So in terms of gameplay, it is about as it is such a pure sequel. It picks up right where you left off. Mm. It feels exactly like the first one in a way that some games you would complain about. Not this. Time. No, like, no. God of War twenty eighteen is such an incredible baseline to build off of. Yeah, that you know, upping it to sixty frames, it looks gorgeous, mm. uh, and just integrating slight variation onto the combat system that is already so immaculate. Yeah. I was like, good. I'm not, I didn't need any more. You're giving me just a little more, just enough to make things a little spicy. Right. Uh, but nothing to deviate from what was already so good. Mm. Um, I like how you, okay. So the structure, like you mentioned, the first game you reach the sort of, it's basically linear up until a point. yeah, And then it's never fully open world, but it's sort of a, segmented open world. Sure, yeah. If this game has an equivalent to that moment, I haven't gotten there yet. Okay. Like so far it's still a relatively linear experience. Okay, that makes uh, sense. So I don't and I assume that it will probably crack open at some point. I don't know. Yeah. Um it was this is not a spoiler that it's mm-hmm. you know you have access to all nine realms at some point. I don't yes. know. I haven't gotten to all yeah, nine realms. Yeah that was obviously. mentioned in like the press um, stuff. Yeah that was one of the sort of selling points of this game was oh the two uh realms that we locked out from before, I think it was two. I think yeah, it was just it was. Asgard and Svartalfheim. <laughs> okay. The Land of the Dwarves,
1: I think. Okay.
0: Uh, I think it was just those two that you couldn't get to in the first game. At some point, will be accessed uh, in this one. Um, let me see what else I can sort of... I mentioned to you yesterday that it is subversive. Yes. Uh, Just in kind of the same ways that the first game was subversive. like, And here's what I'll say about that without spoiling anything. The characterizations of characters in the first game mm-hmm. caught me off guard. Yes. I mean Atre- – Like Brock and Sindri. Brock and Sindri. Yeah. Even Atreus, I'm like – when I was like – the other day I was going back and looking at clips like from – God, like it's like all the god kills of God of War 3 or something. Yeah. And they're so like – the language of God of War 3 is so Greek epic sort yeah. of dialogue. Atreus is like American. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, True. Yeah. Brock and Sindri. Brock is just you know like our just curmudgeonly little man, yeah. and Sindri is very skittish. Yeah. But they're very. They don't restrict themselves to how people in Norse mythology would have spoken. That's a good point. That's a and really that good way to describe it. Exact concept applies to all the characters. Oh sweet. They, you can't really predict what the characterization of a character is going to be just because they're you, from you Norse know mythology. Who they are, yeah. Like they and I love that that lets them play with how different characters can be. And, you know, not to spoil anything because you meet several new characters relatively sure. early on in the game. And it's like, oh, this is how you act. Right. Um, yeah, that's cool. Which is very cool. Uh, let's see. There is a squirrel. <laughs> okay. Which is fun. Yeah. Uh, you'll get to that point in the game. And <laughs> okay. I was like, what the hell is this? That was fun. Um, there's definitely... Oh. Okay. That's voiced
1: by uh, Pro ZD, right? Pro CD. He's like oh. a... I, I saw his... Does it have, like, an eye patch or something? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Name is, I think
0: his name's Raditasker. Okay. or something.
1: I, yeah, that, so that guy... I forget his real name, but he's done, like, a lot of voice... He has a very deep, booming voice. Gotcha. He's done a lot of voice acting, and he tweeted one day, he's like, I can finally say that I'm in the game yeah. or whatever. Yeah, no, he's... But he's, I've just seen the concept already. And, and I have very,
0: very briefly interacted with him. It's still early on. uh, And it's almost... I don't want to even... Nudged, yeah, not nudging towards the story. Although there is, I would just say there is plenty already that could be spoiled. Oh, sweet! Like the game, it hits the ground running in terms of you are getting and the story is moving forward. That's awesome. Uh, And in the way that it is a pure, you know, mechanical pickup from where God of War twenty eighteen left off, the story is pretty much the same. Like it is a direct sequel in all the best ways. So impressions are: I have no expectations then, other than finishing the game and thinking it's a ten. Like, okay. just. Wow, all right. I can't say well, that I'll it's it. like anything less than the first yeah. at this stage. So, I. Unless the story just goes in a way. There is like. With the setup, mm-hmm. which I mean, the setup is the end of the first game, sure. more or less. Yeah. With the way the first game and this early stages of this game set it up, is I want it to continue to be subversive mm. and play off of the themes that were established at the end of the last game. Sure. I don't know how they can or how they plan to do that. Yeah. I hope they do. I don't want it to be like, oh, they're just doomed to fulfill prophecies. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> see, I want to see how they can subvert that. Yeah, that'd be uh, cool. But however they plan to do it, I I don't doubt that they put more than enough thought into how they would do it. So mm-hmm. I'm very... I'm ecstatic. I'm going to play more of it as soon as I get home.
1: So nice. Yeah, I'm playing more of it after we stop. Yeah. Uh, Okay, so I'll talk about Rogue Legacy 2. Uh, so... I, People know that I love the first Rogue Legacy. I-, I never... It never broke into, like, a all-time great for me. Mm-hmm. It was probably the first Rogue I'd ever played, so that definitely helps just... You know, the first time you experience it, that genre, and you're like, oh, this is cool. Like, you know, I'm, yeah. a lot of the things that are tied to the genre, you kind of tie to that initial game. Um, but the first Rogue Legacy is, like, you know, it's pixel art. It's, uh, it's, it's still a very good game. I don't want to disparage that game. But Rogue Legacy 2... Basically takes everything I liked in Rogue Legacy and makes it better. Mm. Uh, I would say the one thing that they didn't carry over, but it's fine because I use it as a podcast game anyway. The music in the first game was better uh, because there were just a lot more. They put a lot more like effort, I guess, into. I don't want to say effort, but there was a lot more variety in the music then, and a lot more tracks. This one is basically each biome. There's like five or six biomes has its own one song, and that's kind of it, Mm -hmm. which is fine. I that that's whatever. but the art style of Rogue Legacy* two is very different. It's all hand drawn. Uh, it's beautiful at times. Like it looks gorgeous. Uh, the gameplay loop is really, really good. So basically, uh, if you if you don't know what these games are, I think I've explained this before. But basically, uh, you have your first person who goes in. Let's say they're like I think you can only play as a knight to begin with. They go in and they die in like the fifth room or whatever. Then the next person is their heir, technically, and you choose one of three heirs, but they always usually have, it's, well, sometimes will have good and bad traits. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, you do 20% more damage, but also you can only see them black and white, or, <laughs> you know, th- things like that. A lot of all of the traits are listed as like medical names, which sure. is pretty fun. That's fun. Um, or, like, you know, one of them is like, uh, everything looks like it's old timey so it's all like sepia tone with like a film filter over it uh one of them is uh like all the enemies instead of being these hand-drawn things are all silhouettes Uh, a lot of them are visual some of them are mechanical even the, the bad ones uh but most of the most of the pluses are mechanical and i would say a lot of the negatives are more visual um one of them is called i think like the entertainer or something i can't remember what it's or narcissist maybe uh but it's you have a spotlight on you and there's there's no other light in the oh, room ugh. and so or you have a spotlight and all the enemies have a spotlight but you can't see like platforms or anything but the best part of that trait is that when you kill all the enemies in a room you get roses thrown at you, and like, like an audience claps, and it's the only time it ever happens. It's not on any other train. Yeah,
0: that would be so fun to be like in the dev room of like, what are just the random shit we could come up with as these little. Quirks. And there
1: is a ton of them. I'm pretty sure. Like I said, I put forty hours in the game, roughly, maybe a little over. I still think there are some I haven't seen. Yeah. Because each time you get one, if you've never unlocked it before, it's just listed as question marks. So you mm. have to select that character to understand what it is. But then once you unlock it, you can see it on every other character, every other air. Um this game is so deep. Mm. Like incredibly deep. The uh the sort of skill tree that you're leveling up over time is a castle and each time you unlock something it like adds another floor to the castle or adds a room or what, you know, whatever. Um that's just the visual way they do it, but the castle gets massive. Like at, toward the end I probably had like 60 different skill tree options that I could put money into, which is kind of yeah. how you how you level up over time. Um, like, there's that, there's armor, there are, uh, runes, which are, like, spells kind of stuff or like, uh, different just mechanical things to upgrade. There are ways about the castle coming together. You can lock the castle, but it costs you money. Like, there's so much variety in this game. Mm. Uh, it's really fantastic. And the, the, the core of the game, unlike Cult of the Lamb, uh, the combat in it is so fun Mm. and can get so tough. I mean, there are moments, maybe outside of FromSoft, I've had this happen maybe like three or four times, that a game has had me go, I need one more fight. I just need one more boss fight and I can get it. And these are these are tough boss fights. I yeah. think there are maybe seven or eight. I can't remember the exact number. Uh, they're called estuaries, which are like the big bosses. There are other mini bosses, but those are the big, uh, like the ones you have to beat to beat the game. Mm-hmm. And they are like... They get to, like, returnal levels of bullet hell. Mm. Uh, sometimes there's, like, mechanic. So, one thing they do really well is pretty much each new biome gives you one more, like, ability or uh, mechanic. So, similar like a Metroidvania in that way, I guess. Uh, or, like, you get, like, a double jump. Or you get, like, a longer dash that lets you do something else. Or you can spin kick off things. And that lets you do other stuff, you know. And each boss in that respective biome incorporates that ability really well. Um, it's not just, like... Like, you could not fight the second biome boss without getting the second biome skill. Like, yeah. it's it's really well done in that way. Um, there's just a lot of really good attention to detail. Uh, also, it's one of those games that you, th- like... I don't know. I guess that might be a spoiler. But there, there there's such a... The way they just keep the ball rolling is really cool. Um, I have rolled credits on it, so I have beaten the okay. game. But... There is still a lot more that I could do if I wanted to spend the time in it. I probably don't. I think 40 hours is more than enough for me with a game. And I will say maybe my one complaint for the game was that at points it felt like it was getting a little long in the tooth. Like, I don't know if this is just indicative of me uh, in this style of game and, you know, sort of a action platformer style game. Or if this is just the way the game is built. There were times, especially with the final boss, that I had to say, right. I'm not going to be able to beat the boss the way I am right now. I have to go grind five or six money runs, basically, mm. and that will let me have a better shot at the boss. That I don't know how nitpicky to be about that, but I I kind of would have preferred it be a little more streamlined. Like, I spent 40 hours in it. 30 feels about right to me. Mm. But, again, you know, some of the boss fights are just really hard, and it becomes one of those... You just have to learn everything the boss does yeah. kind of fights, which is fun in its own right. I like the sort of studying a boss type of thing. But, uh, yeah, I don't, I, I, guess that's that mostly covers it. Do you have any questions about it? No, because
0: <laughs> the one thing is I'm glad that you – I feel like I've asked, like, five different times, like, so what is Rogue Legacy? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I get that it's a roguelite, but the mechanic of, like, okay, you get new, you know – the mechanics add on every biome and then the air mechanic. Yes. Clarify what sort of differentiates it. Yeah. Um, if it comes to PlayStation, I will play it. I, mean, I think
1: it will. I don't know why it wouldn't. I assume because it just came to Switch and it was one of those like out today kind yeah. of announcements. I assume it's probably in the works. Um, I would probably replay it again. It's it's really good. Uh, and I again, I think it's... It's way deeper than the first one. The first one didn't do this like new mechanic each time thing, mm-hmm. and I think that really adds something to this game. Uh, even toward the end when I was grinding for money, it was one of those things of like, all right, I'll just throw on an episode of something and I'll just yeah. grind a few times and I'll go to bed, and then tomorrow I can try the boss or whatever. Um, so I I, I scored it okay. Uh, I gave it a nine. Wow, I think it's really, really good. Definitely a game of the year contender for me. Cool. Uh, I wasn't too too surprised that I liked it as much as I did, but I definitely like it more than the first one. Uh, and for a game I already liked a lot, that's saying quite a bit.
0: So, see, now that's a I know Rogue Legacy is like a genuine like cult classic of a game. Yes. Uh, so it's good to hear that this one even expands on that as maybe more, maybe hopefully gets some mainstream success. Because I, I do have a lot of respect so for the series uh, and how many people like it. Yeah. So, Call of Duty Modern Warfare Two. Yeah. Is one of the good ones. Okay. is you know, maybe my best way to sort of summarize my feelings on it. Yeah. It's not Modern Warfare 2 levels of good. (laughs) Right. You know. Yeah. But uh, I think that it's among the last... I'm trying to think. There was a point, and I was thinking about this. I almost had us do like a a tier ranking of all the Call of Duties, but like Mm. that's been done too much. Yeah. Uh, But quickly, just to sort of recap sort of how my feelings have ebbed and flowed throughout the whole series... Call of Duty's 4, World at War, Modern Warfare 2, Black Ops, Modern Warfare 3, Black Ops 2. Yeah. That is the absolute prime Golden of era. Call of Duty. Yeah. Post-Black Ops 2, that's when you get, like, your ghosts and your advanced warfares and your infinite, infinite warfares. Warfare. And then the multitude of Black Ops sequels. Yeah. That all just kind of ran together for yes, me. Yes, I agree um, with that. Like, all of those original core like 4 through Black Ops 2, I would give like a 9 plus. Sure. All of them. Yeah. But then you fall off into ghosts that I would (laughs) give like a 6. That game was bad. Something. Uh, The other ones that are just kind of middling in like the 7s. I think this one sort of cracks as close as they've been since like Black Ops 2-ish of being like a really good Call of Duty. Hmm. Actually, I don't want to say that. Modern Warfare... That just came out two years ago. Yeah. uh, Was good. Okay. It was solid. Yeah. But I like this one better. Oh, Uh, okay. It keeps the very simplified gunplay of just the Modern Warfare series. It doesn't incorporate any of the, like, jetpack wall-run bullshit from some (laughs) of the other games. Yeah. Um, And I've seen a lot of people complain. You're like higher-level streaming-type people complain Yeah, about, oh, Call of Duty's not about movement anymore. Mm -hmm. It's about gunplay. And I'm like, good. Yeah. Like, I don't like when the time to kill is big and it defines your, how well you can kill somebody is defined by how well you can sort of be agile. Sure. I like to be able to, I'm not a camper. Don't go accusing me of that, (laughs) but to move at a more methodical pace, and just be able to quickly take out an enemy from a distance. Mm. That has always been more my style. Yeah. I don't like being forced into these close quarters encounters that some of the recent games were like you're running with the best submachine gun that the game has and that is the most broken sort of yeah. way to play the game. Yeah. Um earlier Call of Duties were so much better cuz they benefited from every playstyle worked in its own way. Mm. That fell off for such a big arc of the series and has come back in a good way with the last couple, nice. uh, Vanguard was a little bit of a not so much, but this one and the the current Modern Warfare iterations are solid, gunplay oriented Call of Duties. So that's sort of to, to just talk about the gameplay. Yeah, the campaign I like, and it's a very much a spiritual successor to the original Modern Warfare two. Mm. Um, sort of in the sense that it obviously it's got the Modern Warfare cast, so it's got. Price and Ghost and Soap and like all these guys that you've kind of been with uh the new versions of their characters it's just so interesting or kind of weird to try to separate them
1: because
0: mm. it's very shoehorned kind of for money I like the only reason they brought him back is cuz like people are going to be like that's Captain Price he's back <laughs> like <laughs> right um yeah but it's to the, get the youtube thumbnail yeah and then but the new characters they introduced they introduced this Mexican uh sort of special ops group called the Los Vaqueros okay they're cool uh, they have interesting little character arcs of their own. Uh, there is some weirdness in the campaign. I'm sure a lot of people have seen the uh, point your gun at peaceful <laughs> to civilians defuse to situation. defuse the situation. Yes. I'm like, that was an that's interesting so funny. choice. Yeah, not the right choice there. I don't know why. I get the maybe have a button to defuse the situation. Yeah, that's fine. But why was it not like you're just doing it with your hand? <laughs> yeah, like hey. we're special forces. Right. Why is it not like get back in your house? <laughs> uh, and that's when so I had funny. to do that first, I was like, oh. He's probably mad at me now. (laughs) Uh, But it's a pretty, you know, generally run-of-the-mill, oh, there's a terrorist, and he's got a bomb, and we got to find it. Uh, But some of the locales are really cool. And I'm going to say this because it's a little bit – I mean, it's a spoiler, but it's not really a spoiler for what actually happens in the story. One of the best set pieces is you go to Chicago. Oh, cool. And we just went to Chicago not too long ago, and I was like, damn, like – This looks good. Oh, wow. And it is a very accurate, faithful recreation of, like, the Chicago skyline that you can see. Yeah. Uh, My favorite thing about the campaign is it has the mission variety that I also Mm. think fell off there for a while in terms of it has your ghillie suit sniper mission, which is always my favorite. Yeah. Uh, This one has a mission that's, like, very vehicular. Okay. And you're, like, jumping from vehicle to vehicle and actually driving and doing lots of that sorts of stuff. It has your stealth, one extremely stealthy mission, which is maybe my favorite okay. in the whole campaign, where it's actually like strips you of your weapons and you have to like resource and scrounge. Is this like the one where you're your like way. swimming around that's the That's part of it. Okay, yeah. I've seen or that. Clear. Actually, no. That's oh, a okay. different one. That was fun too, though. Yeah. But that was more like you have your gun with a silencer. This is like you're gunless. Oh, cool. And you're actually crafting things more like a Last of Us-y level. Oh, sort that's cool. Of, uh, level. So that level was really cool. Mixed in with all that is your classic stuff. Um, the f- best thing, in, well, okay. It ended sort of anticlimactically. Okay. And the characters that they had set up that you would have to overcome at the end, I was like, oh, I'm ready for this guy. They built it well. I mean, I'm ready for this guy to get his comeuppance. Yeah. And you don't even like get to really see that and experience it, mm. even though it does happen. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I thought they were going to give me more with that. Yeah, that sucks. But they sort of made up for it in the fact that this game has a Marvel style post credit scene. <laughs> okay. that if you were a fan of the Modern Warfare Call of Duties, I was and I missed it. I did, I just, I think it only happens if you don't. Maybe you have to fulfill some sort of requirement that I didn't mm. do, or maybe you actually have to sit through the credits and not, like and not skip fast them. Fast forward or skip them, yeah. But like two days after I beat the campaign, I was just scrolling through TikTok, and all of a sudden, I was like, what is this? Mm. And I was like, watched it. And I was like, oh, my <laughs> God. It has a really, truly, like, fan service setup for the next game. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Um, specifically a mission that, a very controversial mission from the original Modern Warfare is referenced. Mm. Uh, and they seem like they're going to relive that, but maybe in a different way. Okay. Uh, so I'm very excited about the, I'm there, I haven't been excited about the, Campaign of a Call of Duty sequel <laughs> yeah. since like the original, probably since like Black Ops 2. Right. Uh, so I'm actually intrigued by where they're going to go with that. So that was a fun story to sort of set up the rest of it. And I was not disappointed by the campaign, which I have been in recent entries. The maps are solid in multiplayer. Okay. They're not blowing my hair back, but they're not as the boring corridor, tiny linear. Yeah. Uh, they are bringing back Shoot House, which was very popular from The first one and was has been around now for like two or three games. Yeah, Um, they're bringing that back like next. I think sometime this week actually. Uh, But I just need them. Just just give me the old maps. Like they don't (laughs) stop beating around the bush. You made some cool maps. Everybody's like, all right, fine, this game's good. Yeah, but (laughs) and to sort of circle back to that because I didn't include this news story, but there was a little bit of a the rumblings about because there's not supposed to be a new Call of Duty next year. Mm. But then there was a internal statement that was put out from uh Activision. Yeah. Basically saying, you know, 2023 will include the next big chapter in the mainline Call of Duty series or whatever. Hmm. And everybody was like, but there's not supposed to be one next year. I guess we are getting one. But Jason Schreier said that no, this is a more of a Destiny style expansion of this game. Oh, that's interesting. Coming okay. next year developed by Sledgehammer. So my hope is that with that maybe that even picks up the story and you know that's where right. we start to learn about what happens next there that would be awesome and i would put my money on what's going to happen there and then i hope that includes a big drop of like classic maps yeah that would be cool if so this might have the best life cycle of a call of duty maybe ever
1: yeah and um, and honestly that's a good that's a good thing to hear as someone who's still not bought it yet but probably will because yeah. i think my Hesitation with buying a Call of Duty is always it's really fun in the first like month or whatever. Yeah. And then everyone moves on to the next thing and I you know, I'm like, Well, was it worth the month that yeah. I played it? But if they're gonna put more time into actually making it a a longer living thing, then I'm less hesitant to buy
0: it. Yeah, and so that seems to be, as reported by reliable sources, what is going to happen. Mm. Um so I'm excited about the future of it. I might even have to do a re review, you know, sometime if they yeah. drop some more stuff. Yeah, fair. At this phase, I am more bullish on it than generally the consensus is. It's not a 9, but I think this is about as 8.5 of mm. a game as I could imagine. It doesn't do anything sort of unique and special that makes me want to like wiggle around a nice round number. Like It doesn't sure. have the little notches like, oh, no, it's not an 8.6, but it's not an 8.4. Yeah, it's yeah. an 8.5. It nice. is a good, rock-solid Call of Duty with hopefully even... A potentially better future to come
1: here's so. here's one thing i i want to make a point of or, okay. or ask you about i thought it was and i want to get your take on it sure. i thought it was really smart that they released the campaign before they released the multiplayer do you feel the same way Absolutely. as having played it because yeah. i
0: played the campaign and beat it before the multiplayer even came right
1: out. it gives you a chance to do it yeah and it's not a great like you're pre-order and running
0: behind it's, One of the best pre-order incentives, honestly, that I could have thought of is just, well, you're not even giving them anything extra. You're just letting them play a part of the game. Right. Uh, So, yeah, no, I think that was a great move on their part. Did it demonstrably increase sales more than it probably would have otherwise? No, because it's freaking Call of Duty. It was going to sell gangbusters (laughs) regardless. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Uh, But, I mean, to their credit... It did break their record for like the biggest opening oh, wow. weekend sales. I didn't know that. It you know, it grossed like nine hundred million dollars in like three days of sales. Jesus <laughs> Like something stupid. That's so dumb. Uh so Call of Duty's Call of Duty stays Call of Duty when yeah. it comes to commercial success.
1: One other thing that I've noticed is that everyone I've actually like not be a reviewer, mm-hmm. everyone I've heard talk about it is higher on it than all the reviews are. Yeah. Which is a very interesting little trend. I don't know if that's because people are sort of trained... not trained, but people are so used to Call of Duty just being the kind of the same that there's at least enough difference here that people are like, oh, it's a novel thing, which yeah. kind of is all you have to do because the mechanics of call of duty are so solid that I, I it makes me more optimistic about it just because even though the scores aren't aren't, you know, that great, it seems like most people that I've spoken to about it like it. Yeah. So that's a good sign. It
0: might be because like maybe my standard and it starts at an 8, and then it gets adjusted with Call of Duty. Sure. Like, does it go down? Is it like the match, maps are bland and the campaign's blah? For this, it got adjusted up. But that might, I mean, it's a little, and this is my review, part of it's the rose-colored glasses of the Modern Warfare series. Sure. And their nods and references to the old games that I yeah. really like. Um, but, in my opinion, those games were good because of the characters and because of the story. Right. That, I mean, if you're going to, take it and revamp it, it's going to be better than the stories of, you know, advanced warfare, infinite warfare, black ops four, you, mean or like you don't whatever. want Kevin
1: Spacey back in the, uh, call of Not, duty genre.
0: I mean, in fairness, you did get to kill him. <laughs> that's, that's, you know, true. so it's that's like, a good point actually. There might be some merit to the discussion of maybe we should cast awful people as villains <laughs>
1: in call of duty games, but we don't want to pay them. That's the thing. <laughs> that's true. That's yeah. that.
0: Yeah. That's there's your conflict of interest. Yeah. But yeah, rock solid call of duty. Excited to play more. Nice. Well, That's it for our reviews and impressions. Yeah. Uh, More will be forthcoming, especially on God of War. Yes. Uh, You will hear us talk about that probably over the next couple of podcasts. Agreed. Uh, Hope to beat it. Hope to have a spoiler cast sometime in the near future. Yeah, hopefully. uh, Where we can actually get into all the nitty gritty because there's plenty to discuss even now. I can only imagine how much there will be to discuss once we're both like By thirty end. hours into it. Yeah. Uh, so Tanner, do you have a recommendation uh, to leave us with?
1: I do. I thought about just recommending Rogue Legacy Two because yeah. it's normally what we do, but I I'm going to recommend something I think I've recommended before, oh. but with a little bit of a caveat. So uh, I'm recommending the GG app again, uh, which if you don't remember is the sort of letterbox for video games. Right. Uh, I've been using it more lately, and they have a feature that I think is so fun. That is basically, you can list your, uh, and I may have talked about this briefly, but you can list your sort of play status of certain games. And so for a while I could just see, you know, uh, the most of the people I follow in there are people from like kind of funny because I think they've worked with GG before. Uh, But you can kind of see not only what people are completing, but also what people are playing right now. Mm. Uh, And so I've had a really fun time just being like, okay, I've started Cult of the Lamb. It's now on my playing now list. And then, like, once I beat Rogue Legacy 2, I got to move it out and move it to to the other list. And the other thing I like about it is that, similarly to Letterboxd, you can have ranked lists. So I have my current Game of the Year ranked list just in GG. So I can just keep that... keep tabs yeah yeah, as opposed to like making a google doc or whatever i can just see it very quickly i can see what the scores i gave it were uh normally for reviews i just write stupid things but (laughs) like i I, i've just really enjoyed diving into the deeper parts of it i think before i just recommended it like as an app now i'm just i'm just really into it and i've enjoyed even going back and reviewing older stuff and and looking for games that i've played like what did i review that and you can mark things as completed. So I went through all the games I platinumed and completed all those in GG. Like it's really in depth, and they've added quite a bit uh, since I last recommended it because they are very open about like their roadmap and what they're adding and all that. So shout out to GG once again. Very I really nice. like it.
0: So in a similar vein, okay, I could just recommend Call of Duty because I like it. Yeah, and I'm going to do that. But I guess I kind of already did that. Yeah. But I'm going to expound on my recommendation of kay. Call of Duty by just a smidge. Uh, there is this subgenre of TikTok. Here we go, and I love. I almost gave an update on Lion Trees. Oh no, it's been a while. Like, I think lion <laughs> I feel like you've recommended alive.
1: TikTok more than uh, any other thing yeah, you've yeah. recommended.
0: Uh, but there is this type of Call of Duty TikTok. Okay, that is the most erratically edited Gen Z humor thing okay. that I've like ever seen, and they're just like highlights from like Warzone, but they come with you know now their Modern Warfare Two highlights are trickling in. Yeah but like just over edited cuts to a mean oh, every seen three these. seconds. Yeah. They're fun. Like you see a guy in your sniper scope. It's like, and it pauses and it has that sound. It's like, boom, and then it's just like, there's like the Indian on a horse. who's like, Oh yeah. There's the dog with bad to the bone <laughs> playing in the background, just smirking. <laughs> like, Oh, you're about to shoot <laughs> this guy. <laughs> like they are just so like overstimulating, Erratic. but yeah. in a funny way. Yeah. Uh, they crack me up every time I see them because I'm like, this gives me an insight into the younger generation, I feel Yes, like. yeah. Uh, so they're very funny. If you play Call of Duty and you, you know, linger on a Call of Duty TikTok, the algorithm will feed them to you, I promise. I,
1: I once saw, and I don't remember what the video was, but someone, I, I can't remember if it was on TikTok or Twitter or wherever it was, but someone was like, I paid, because a lot of times the title was like, I paid an editor $5 to make yeah. this skill cam, right? <laughs> And one of them was like, yeah, someone's lined up in the sniper scope, and then it cuts to a video, and the video's like three minutes long, <laughs> and then it finally, you forget that you're watching one, and then it cuts back, and they shoot him, and that's the end of the video. Like, yeah. they, they are pretty funny, and I like that they are, because they are, like, kill kill compilations or whatever, but... They are making fun of older styles of editing on yeah, YouTube and true. older kill comp, so it's like a really interesting referential. Yeah, it is a parody, thing. more or less. Yeah, they're, like, they're pretty fun.
0: You know, you cut to one of them and it's like Will Ferrell's voice in the background. I'm so fucking scared right now. Like, <laughs> just all and it's the same ones over and over yeah. again, which is also funny. Two yeah, shots of vodka. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Call of Duty and Call of Duty TikTok, I guess, is my rec for the day. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, We'll see you soon. We'll be talking more about God of War uh, as we both inch our way uh, towards rolling credits on that. Maybe even inching the way towards the platinum. Oh. I haven't looked at the trophies at all because I want to avoid spoilers. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, fair. So don't feed me God of War TikToks if you're listening. TikTok. Phone. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So until our next time, we're tapping out.